Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. join me now in First uh, Peter chapter 3. I would like to um, take just a moment to bring us back into remembrance of some of the things that I had covered in a previous teaching called Faith Comes and uh, use that as a launching pad for what the Lord would have us to Um, receive from his word today in that series and this is a continuation of that series uh, we we spent some time on some faith basics and we talked about the importance of having the word in the heart that it's not just the declaring out of your mouth that is definitely a part of it But when you open your mouth, you want there to be faith-filled words to fill it. And before that can happen, it has to first be resident and not just resident in a portion, but the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart. So there is a, a requirement for us to take the time and the attention and whatever part of that process is necessary to first ensure that I have an abundance of the word that will produce the faith for that specific thing in my heart before I open my mouth. I believe a lot of Christians are are put off concerning faith because they've made declarations. They've worked a principle without the ingredients of the faith they've 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 made the declarations a couple of times for the purpose of trying to make it happen with their saying but they didn't take the first step of building that word into their heart before they said and that is is just it's disheartening to people because they say well i said it and i confessed it but they weren't confessing it with an abundance of faith in the heart and they were confessing it with the need. They were confessing it with a a head knowledge of what the Word says, but it is a process to get it in the heart in abundance. It's not something you can't microwave it and make it happen. You can't just, you know, pop it in the microwave and just say it two or three days and boom, you got an abundance of faith in your heart. No, you've got to meditate on the word. And so Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 says that if you will meditate day and night, meditate day and night. Psalm chapter 1 verses 1 through 3 are indicators that we have to take that day and night, spending our time. Now, it's not just time. There needs to be attention with the time because sometimes people say, well, I was in, in devotion time with the Lord for 45 minutes, but 15 of those minutes they were scrolling through Facebook and checking their email. 
And so, or they were drifting off and thinking about something else and they weren't meditating on the word. So it's not just time, it's also what, how much attention are you giving in that time? And so that is a spiritual exercise. It is a spiritual labor. It is spiritual work to spend time in the Word. But it's a delight. It's a delight to spend time in the Word. It is, it is a treasure to spend time in the Word. Amen? It's not drudgery. It's not hard. It's not, I've got to pray. I've got to check in and clock in with my prayer time card, you know, and, and, and make sure God knows I checked in and I checked out. No, it is a, a joy to us because when we are in his word, we are spending time with his thoughts. We are spending time with his presence. We are, we are feeding on his goodness. Amen. So this part of the process, faith comes. Faith is not hard. Faith is not difficult. Faith is, we are believers. That's what, I mean, just what God calls us. God calls us believers. We are believers. <laughs> why? Because we believe. That's what we do. It, well, why do you call a painter a painter? They paint. Why do you call a, a builder a builder? They build. Why do you call a driver a driver? They drive. That's what they do. That's what they, that is their profession. That is what they, they do and they're skilled in that doing. We are believers. Amen? So we are skilled in the believing. So faith is not hard. Faith is not difficult. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Amen. Amen. And so because there is a major difference between believing with the heart and knowing a spiritual truth with the mind, it needs to be identified, am I in my spirit? Am, am I just going through the motions of something based on the knowledge I have in my mind? Or am I operating a principle out of my spirit? Is my spirit engaged? And so part of what I want to take the, uh, the time today to identify is the inward man, the hidden man of the heart. We see here in 1 Peter chapter 3 that this is how the scripture refers to our spirit or our heart. 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 4 says, But let it be the hidden man of the heart, in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God a great price. Now the comparison, of course, in this scripture, the actual text is talking about uh, that it's not about the outward adorning, uh, but the, the contrast then is it's about the condition of the heart, the hidden man of the heart, that we have our heart adorned with the word of God and adorned with the, the character, that meekness is part of the fruit of the spirit, the character, that quietness is that self-control, amen, that we have the heart, the spirit, who we are, we are spirit. We are a spirit. We have a soul 
and we live in this body. And so identifying that we are operating the word out of our spirit, out of the hidden man of the heart, is important because it feels differently than out of the mind. It's, it, it, I, I say feel. It, it, it has a different operation and it has a different uh, sense of when you're working it out of your spirit versus out of your mind. When you're working the word out of your spirit and not just have it all right up here in the mind and, and I'm, I've got it in the mind. And that's why we've got to learn to speak the word to ourselves. Not just, out, not just to other people, not just to share the word with other people. That's right and that's good. But we've got to be speaking the word to ourselves because that's how I bring it out of my heart and into my situation. I need to... Uh, apply the word and you can't apply the word with your mind you cannot bring the word into your situation with a thought it has to be with the mouth that you you bring it out of the heart and because God created us to be speaking spirits he created us to speak his word and to live by the words we speak you cannot choose whether or not you live by words, but you can choose what words you live by. We are governed in this planet by the word system. And a lot of people are using it to their disadvantage. And they say things they don't mean and they use words so loosely and they have no, or, or they have so much fodder in their words that they don't believe anything they say comes to pass because they talk jesting all the time and they say things like, look at that, that little dog and they're talking about a big mastiff or uh, they look at the little chihuahua and say, you big old dog, you, and it's a, a, it, they're using words and they say, well, it doesn't matter. It does if you want to operate faith because when you get to Mark eleven twenty three, the requirement to become skilled and developed in faith is that you believe the things you say. If you don't believe the things you say, that means there's no faith in them. So do you, see, we've got to, there's a lot of different elements of the operation of faith that need to be in place for Mark eleven twenty three 23 to be at, at its optimum proficiency. I've got to be able to cast down imaginations and high things that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God so that I don't doubt. Because for Mark eleven twenty three 23 to work right, I cannot doubt in my heart while I'm believing. Because when you doubt, it, 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 goes, it, it stops everything and goes in the other direction. It's like taking that, that freight train that's got the momentum and screeching it to a stop and then starting it in the other direction. So when a person is believing and doubting and believing and doubting and believing and doubting, they're not going anywhere. And so, do you see, there are some things that we've got to develop, spiritual things, and it's not just, i got to believe for this. It's the, wait a minute, I need to become skilled in walking in the Spirit. If I'm trying to believe for something and I've got unforgiveness in my heart, just forget it. It's not going to work, <laughs> right? Why? Because faith works by love. 
And so as long as I'm saying I'm believing, but I've got unforgiveness, it's, it's unplugged and not even plugged in. It can work just fine. Your faith can be fully operative, but it's unplugged. Why? Because it works by love. And so there are, there are different aspects. And that's why we have uh, the opportunity to come together as a church family and become skilled by the, the, the word of God identifying to us some things that we can address. And so as we are doing that, let's identify the hidden man of the heart. The hidden man of the heart, the human spirit. This is how God defines the human spirit, the born-again spirit, the hidden man of the heart. The hidden man of the heart. You can't see my heart, but God can. Amen? And I need to be able to recognize what's in my heart because even if nobody else can see what's in my heart, God can. Amen? And so he says the adorning needs to be of the hidden man of the heart. That the, the cleaning up and the dressing up needs to be of the hidden man of the heart. Now that doesn't mean that we need to come in here wearing our flip-flops and our t-shirts. We, we want to bring to the Lord a respect and an excellence. And that's why we wear our Sunday best to honor the Lord. Amen. But it's important as well for us to uh, keep the condition of our heart in line with His Word. And that would mean being filled with, filled with the Word. That would mean uh, making sure that, we are, that our heart does not condemn us. Amen? Amen. That would, and that would uh, indicate that if I've got ought against any, I need to forgive them. That would indicate that if I've got bitterness or envying in my heart, I'm using different scriptures from different places where in the New Testament they had to deal with New Testament believers about the condition of the heart. And so uh, Romans chapter 7 is another place where we can see God's definition for the Spirit. Verse 22 of Romans 7. Because it's with the Spirit man believes unto righteousness. It's with the Spirit. So our spirit needs to be in the right uh, uh, condition and I need to be able to recognize if I'm in my spirit or if I'm in the flesh or in my head. And so Romans chapter 7 and verse 22, he said, I delight in the law of God after the inward man. The inward man is a phrase that God uses to define the spirit, the heart. He calls my heart the inward man. The inward man, the hidden man of the heart, the inward man. Scriptural definitions for my spirit. The, the inward man. So this is, this is where I delight in the word. And, and I've said it before, but I'll say it again. If you are hitting the snooze button and, and you're saying I'm, I'm going to snooze right on through my prayer time, that's not your spirit. That's not your spirit leading you to snooze. Because what does your spirit want to do? Your spirit would delight in getting up and spending time in the presence of the Lord, right? Your spirit would delight in that. What part of you is not enjoying the getting up in the, in the, the uh, early dawn? It's the flesh, right? So that's just extra. That was worth you coming, combing your hair and coming to church for, though. 
Hallelujah. Because I, I know what happens when you, listen, if I even think about not putting my shopping cart back, I hear Joyce Meyer. <laughs> Twelve years ago, I heard her preach a sermon about leaving your shopping cart out and what a lack of integrity that was. And I can't. I mean, I, I won't. I'm trying, but I can't leave my shopping cart. Rain, snow, wind, whatever. I'm going to take that shopping cart and put it up. Right? And what's ha going to happen is you're going to reach for that snooze button and you're going to hear my voice. That's not your spirit leading you to do that. With our spirit, we contact the spiritual realm. With our soul, we contact the emotional and the intellectual arena. Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. With our bodies, we contact the physical realm. And God created us a, a, tripart, a tripartite being. He created us a threefold being, spirit, soul, and body. And we are, uh, before Christ, before we're born again, we are skilled in the body and the soul. Following, it said in Ephesians chapter 2 that we were all, we were driven by the, the desires of our flesh. We were driven and we, that was all we had. We didn't have the light or the voice of God in our born again spirit before Christ because we weren't born again. But when we receive Jesus as Lord, the life of God comes into our spirit and now we are spiritually alive and we can receive from God. We can talk to God. He can talk to us. I no longer have to wait for angels to get a message like Daniel had to wait. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. Because he said, the moment that you prayed, I was sent. Well, because I don't have to wait for an angelic uh, 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 messenger, the Holy Spirit can tell me right away what the answer of the Lord is to my prayer. Amen? And so as we develop who we are spiritually and become to identify ourselves more as a born-again, alive spirit unto God. That who I am is spiritual. Who I am is spiritually alive. I have a mind, but that's not me. I want it to cooperate with me. I want my mind. That's why I renew it. Because I don't want my mind to cooperate with my body. I want my mind to cooperate with my spirit, the real me, the inward man. And so I don't want my emotions to cooperate with my body. I want my emotions to cooperate with the real me, my spirit. And so I train them. I bring them under subjection. I bring my body under subjection. I tell it, we're going to serve God. I tell it, we aren't going to, we, we, these eyes are, are bought by the blood. And so I'm not going to put things in my eyes that are, are contrary to what God loves. Amen? These hands, these ears, they, why? Because I'm bringing my body in subjection to the will of God and the plan of God for my life. And so we are learning to live by the Spirit. And so when we're operating faith, we're learning to believe with the heart. Believing with the heart means to believe apart from what your physical body or your physical senses may tell you. You can believe it without feeling it. You can believe it, and especially as you train yourself to walk in faith, 
that you don't rely on how you feel to know whether or not you believe it or not. That you don't determine what you believe based on an outward sign or an outward symptom. I have been contemplating a statement that was in the book, Christ the Healer. F.F. Bosworth made a statement, and, and I'll read it to you because it's something that, that I am contemplating, uh, the, 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 the brevity of it. It is never proper to base our faith on our improvement after prayer. Ooh-wee. It is never proper to base our faith on our improvement after prayer. Why? Because that's a feeling. That's, a, that's something that's, that is changeable, temporal. So it, whether I feel better or... Listen, a lot of people would say, if I felt better, I believed I got it. Why would we believe if I felt? Because believing is not based on feeling. Do you see how this is something that we've got to become skilled in believing with the heart regardless of the feelings, regardless of a symptom, regardless of a situation or a circumstance. Believing with the heart is based on the Word of God. And so that's what we want to develop the believing. So when Jesus said in Mark chapter 11, and we've referred to it, but we should put our eyes on the text itself, Mark 11, 23 and 24. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatever he says. Therefore I say unto you, What things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive and you shall have. Believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. The Amplified says, trust and be confident that it is granted to you. Trust and be confident. Believe that you receive, and you shall have. So the believing and, and the receiving, the believing that you receive comes before you have any other evidence you have received. This has to be done in the heart. This is a spiritual receiving. This is a spiritual action of the heart that the mind and the emotions are not, are not faithful indicators of what I have received. Only my heart can give the proper indication in the believing. If I have to, or if I, if I choose to rely on the agreement of my mind, I am going to sell myself short of what the heart can believe for. Amen? And so we are training ourselves and allowing our spirit to indicate without the mind having to agree with it, with, because what's the mind going to ask for? If the mind agrees, what's the mind going to ask for? 
previous experience, what it can see. It's going to look for things that are, are in the sight realm, right? So I've got to learn and train my spirit to stay in the focus of faith and the believing action of faith and not teach it to employ the mind or to employ the feelings to have a crutch for the believing. Amen? Amen. And to do that, I'm going to have to be led by my spirit. I'm going to have to be in tune with who I am as a spirit, a born-again spirit. Uh, Proverbs 20, Proverbs 20 and verse 27 The spirit of man is the candle or the lamp of the Lord searching all the inward parts of the belly. Searching all the inward parts of who you are spiritually. The spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord. The lamp of the Lord. God has a lamp in us, in our spirit. This is where indicators will come. If God wants to show us something, He wants us to learn to receive that information in the heart. He wants to be able to speak to the heart to prompt or to indicate to the heart without having to bring it through the mind. Now, there is a teaching aspect, of the, but it's the Word, the spiritual Word of God, that we hear it, we learn it. But as we are walking in the Spirit and learning who we are as a born-again son and daughter of God, we are learning to hear God and to receive His adjustments and corrections in the heart in the heart that's why we've got to maintain the peace of God in the heart if we are constantly in an uproar if we are constantly uh, 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 allowing the condition of our heart to be drawn into the chaos of a surrounding situation then we are hindering ourselves from being able to hear what God's trying to tell us. If we'll train our heart to be governed by peace, the peace of God that passes all understanding guards the heart and the mind. Not just the mind. Peace is not just for the mind. Peace guards the heart because he said, above all that you guard in Proverbs 4, guard the heart. Guard the heart because why? Why? Out of the heart flow the forces of life, the issues of life. So the strength I need for my life is not in my mind. It's not in my emotions. It's not in my body. The strength I need for my life is spiritual strength. The strength I need for my marriage is spiritual strength. The strength I need for my finances is spiritual strength. The strength I need as I'm believing for the salvation of my loved ones, it's a spiritual strength. 
In, in every aspect, I've got to maintain fullness of the Spirit. I've got to maintain my spirit in a, a calm and peace-governed environment that I do not allow any chaos. Ain't no drama for this mama. <laughs> we, don't, we don't have, no, no, I am not dramacidal. I am not interested in drama. I don't want to live a dramacidal life. I don't want to allow the chaos and the drama to be in my home, to be in my atmosphere. I want the peace. Why? Because I need this communion with God. I need to hear when He speaks to me and I need to know it's Him. And if I am so dulled by the moment or the drama or if I'm so worn out by the situation, then I'm not going to hear when God begins to direct me in the thing I'm believing for. Amen? Amen? So the spirit of man is the candle. This is where God's going to turn the lights on. This is where God's going to send the information to. This is where God wants to direct the agreement. If you're asking, Lord, is this the direction you want me to take? He wants you to hear it in your heart. Romans chapter 8 refers to that as the, the witness. That he witnesses. Let's look at it. Romans chapter 8. And you know, the importance of this is long-lasting. If you become skilled in being able to hear the prompting of the Lord or, or recognize the prompting of, your, of the Lord in your spirit, then the enemy cannot duplicate it. He has no, he has no um, substitute. He can duplicate a dream. He can appear to someone and look like an angel of light and it not be God. But he cannot duplicate the inner witness. Amen? Why? Because he can't get in my heart. He's not there. So this is why it's so vital because if, if we become skilled in hearing and recognizing this is God telling me to do this, this is how God is leading me, the, it, and praise the Lord, He'll teach us on things that are less important so that when we come to a major crossroad in our life or a major situation, we will know Him already. And we will have a developed relationship with His voice. That's why Jesus said, you uh, that he is the good shepherd my sheep know my voice my sheep know my voice and what another voice they won't follow you know what i put in 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 the category of another voice the voice of my flesh i won't follow it either i i want I, i'm going to follow his voice not even the voice of my flesh not the voice of my circumstance not the voice of my situation i am going to follow his voice I am his sheep. Say it out of your mouth. I am God's sheep and I follow his voice. Amen. So here in Romans chapter 8, beginning uh, right here in verse 16, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. 
Well, that's righteousness. One of, one of the most important things for you to be convinced of, how does he tell it to you? How does he convince you? How does he converse with you to help you know that you are his child? By this witness. Where? In our spirit. By the Holy Spirit but witnessing with our spirit, not witnessing to our mind, not witnessing with corresponding uh, uh, actions in the seen arena of your life. Well, I'll believe it if, if three red cars and two blue ones drive past me. Right? No, but I've got a, a certainty that comes from a conversation that is taking place in my spirit. Witnessing is how the scripture refers to it. He witnesses to my spirit. To my spirit. He witnesses. So we've got to learn how to recognize that witness. Amen? He, he, Jesus said the Holy Spirit is our teacher. He said, I will send a comforter who is just like me. Amen. He'll comfort you and he'll lead you and he'll coach you and he'll guide you the exact same way as if I were standing there with you. But the great advantage of this is, because he said, it is to your advantage that I go. And they couldn't see it. They said, are you kidding me? How could it be to my advantage? I saw you. Raise the widow of Nain's son from the dead. I saw you bless the fish and the loaves and they multiplied and we fed over 5,000 men plus the women and children. I saw you. I, I, you tell me it would be more to my advantage if you left and the Holy Spirit came. How could that be? Because the Holy Spirit can be with each one of us all the time leading us and guiding us and teaching us and coaching us. He is, his divine ministry is to help you. It's his calling. It's his calling. When it, it refers to him in John chapter 15 and 16, and Jesus says, uh, when the comforter is come, that word paraclete, uh, part of that word means he is called. The word para, he is called alongside to help. Called alongside to help. That call is a calling just as divine as the calling. It's a ministry calling. It's like called to be a pastor or called to be an evangelist. A person who's had a calling from God, a divine calling. The Holy Spirit has the divine calling to help you, to help me, to help us. So he's always ready to help. But he's not going to always talk to your mind. And he's not, there's no guarantee that he's going to deal with you through sense knowledge evidence. There's no guarantee that he's going to deal with you in the thoughts. Where he deals with us is in our heart. So we've got, to, he's there ready to teach us, ready to correct our path, ready to direct us in the way that we need to go in that decision. He's there. We need to be there. 
We don't need to be here saying, come on, God, show me, show me, show me, show me, show me. I want to hear it with these ears. I can't guarantee that. I can't guarantee that. Why? Because for you to receive from him, you've got to become skilled in hearing from him in your heart. In your heart. Why? Because that's where he's going to witness answers to you. The spirit of the man is the candle, the lamp of the Lord. Amen? So we are are in this process of developing and educating our spirit. Educating our spirit. I've heard a story that Pastor Caldwell has told numerous times of how they dealt with receiving healing when Sister Jeannie was in the hospital bed they had been in the car accident and they were telling her that her that they she needed to have a surgery on her spine and put those rods in her back and how they dealt with that situation and you know I've heard it a number of times but the year before last when he was telling that story at the Kenneth Copeland Ministers Conference, I heard something I'd never heard him say before. And it was something that was, it was like so loud in my spirit when I heard him say it. He was talking about the different people who called when they heard that she had been in that car accident and how they each prayed differently. You've probably heard him tell the story how R.W. Shambach he prayed with the anointing of the evangelist that he walked in and, and, and it was a powerful, you know, earth-shaking kind of prayer and how uh, different ones who called to pray, how they prayed. And, and then the, the last one he usually refers to is Oral Roberts because Oral Roberts, when he prayed, he had specific instruction that he gave for Pastor Caldwell to pray and for Sister Jeannie to take actions of faith. And so he was walking through telling that story and then he gets to this one part and, and this is the part that I had not heard before In, in, in it, it, I may have heard it and it didn't capture my attention the way it did this time. But he said after he had told her sit up on the bed uh, uh, you know, throw your legs over the side. He had told pastor to put his hand on her back and to pray and, and gone through all of those things. He said, Oral Roberts at that moment said, now stay in your spirit and don't get over into your head. Don't go back to your head. Stay in your spirit. I about jumped up in the chair right there in the middle of the conference. I thought, I've never heard you say that before. I needed that piece. That's why you need to let your pastor tell the story over and over and over. Because you're going to get something if you'll listen. Because the Holy Spirit will bring out a part of it. I've heard Brother Hagin's testimony so many times. But if you listen to the different times that he tells it, it comes out to benefit those who were there. And so it's different in its application. The, the testimony. That's what happened. That's what happened when Pastor told that story. 
he brought that specific part of it out because he was teaching about no more limits and he was teaching about how we can't get into our head. And when he brought that out, I thought, I needed that piece. He took her through the steps of faith, but then he told her, stay in her spirit. Stay in her spirit and don't move over into her thinking, into her head. Woo, glory. What an answer that was for me. That there were steps to take. There was an application of faith. And we know what God told. God gave her specific and she didn't tell pastor. She didn't tell pastor. The Lord told her to stay in bed for 30 days. Not to get up, not to move. Well, you would think, okay, if Oral Roberts prayed for you and R.W. Sandbach prayed for you and they had pastor, if we know you were able to sit up, if we know that you were able to stand up and take a step in that prayer, why wouldn't you? That's not what the Lord told her. The Lord didn't tell her to jump up and run the, the hospital aisles or corridors. The Lord told her specifically. Where did she hear it? Didn't hear it here. She didn't hear it here. God gave her a specific instruction right here. And she did it and didn't even tell pastor and was counting down the days. And when 30 days was, was done, she got up. She got up and got up healed and got up whole. And when they went back to the follow-up appointment, the doctor thought she had the surgery. She was so well and moving so well. And she said, no. She had followed an instruction that was witnessed to her by the Spirit of God. And she kept it in her heart and didn't even share it with her, with her husband until she'd walked it out. Amen? Hallelujah. Educating our spirit. Educating our spirit. Educating and developing our spirit to hear from God. To respond to Him. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. The Spirit is the lamp of the Lord. The Spirit is the lamp of the Lord. The, your, your Spirit. Your Spirit is the lamp of the... The Holy Spirit wants to speak to your spirit, not your mind. Not your emotions. Hallelujah. So walking by faith, walking by faith is spiritual. It is, it is something that I'm doing in my heart, my head, my, my limbs, my, my attention. All of these things are going to have a part to play, but they aren't the governing part. They're not the origin of my decisions. They aren't the origin of my, my actions. The origin is in my spirit, what I'm hearing from God. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Look at Ephesians chapter 4. Thank you, Lord. Ephesians 4, verse 12. Actually, we'll go ahead and begin in 11. 
He gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints. The perfecting of the saints. This is developing. The word means edifying. Perfecting. Developing. Bringing to maturity. Bringing to completion. Hallelujah. The perfecting of the saints. Why? Why does God need to give spiritual equipment? Because we are spiritual people. The fivefold ministry that was referred to in verse 11, the apostles, that's just not a work title of someone who is uh, planting and governing churches. The prophet is not just a work title of someone who is a traveling minister who operates to, 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 to uh, speak things. It's not just a work title. It is a spiritual office a spirit, with a spiritual equipment, with a spiritual supply for the body. Why? Because we are spiritual. I am not your life coach. I don't have any equipment to be a life coach. You know, when I'm referring to a life coach, that's what they have in the natural arena to, to help you be a success. That's not my calling. That's not what my equipment does. I help you grow. I will help you operate the word and the word will make you a success. <laughs> but I'm here to give you spiritual supply, Amen. spiritual equipment, spiritual light. I'm here to speak to your spirit. Your head is hearing me. Your ears are hearing me. Your mind is thinking about what I'm saying. But your spirit's really the one I'm talking to today. The real you. The hidden man of the heart. I can look and I can see your beautiful faces, but you know who I'm speaking to? The inner man. I'm speaking to your spirit words of spirit. Jesus said, my words are spirit. They are life. My words are spirit. They are life. So when it says the perfecting of the saints, it's talking about a spiritual maturity for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. We don't need people just doing the natural. I want the greeters to be spiritual. I want the ushers to be spiritual. I want... The clean team to be spiritual. Why, it, we're doing natural things. But we're not doing them for natural reasons. We don't vacuum the floor because the floor needs to be vacuumed. We vacuum the floor because this is, this is where God has given us to meet together as a family. Amen. Do you see the spiritual flow is the purpose of our lives? To become skilled in who we are as born again, alive unto God, believers. Amen? Ephesians uh, verse 14, that we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro, carried about 
I skipped verse 13, forgive me. Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things which is the head. Hallelujah. Growing up. Fullness. The fullness of Christ. That we be no more children. But we grow up into him. Hallelujah. What is that growth? It's spiritual growth. It's spiritual growth. Not just... So, so the operation of faith, being able to believe God for, for specific things, is just a part of our walk with Him. It's an important part. It's a vital part. We are believers. The operation of faith, sometimes if, if you think, I've just got to build my faith, and you refrain from growing in love, you're going to be off balance. Because the maturing, but, but hear me, if you'll grow in love, your faith will, will grow exceedingly. Amen. That's what First Thessalonians says, right? It says our faith grows exceedingly. We all want that. I want that. Faith grow exceedingly. Yeah, I need more faith. Well, as your love abounds. So the spiritual growth is not just a one part. Pastor said that he, back in the day we used to go to the gym. And he would go to the gym and he said there would be people in the gym and all they would do would be lift weights. They were only concerned about their shoulders and their biceps. And he said, and you would look at their legs and they had the little tiny <laughs> twig legs. And he's like, they should build their whole body, you know, just not just the, the upper body. But, well, that's what a lot of times in believers, they just want to focus on one thing. We need to be... We need to be well-developed in love, in, in governing our lives with peace, in, uh, in, in, in all of the different aspects of the Word of God. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah.